everybody for joining once again. It's your host, Emmanuel Mutui, here on What's Your Story. And today, we have a wonderful guest. And I've known her for about three years now. She's my second Colorado mom. <laughs> we two, Yes, on Sunday, we was fighting over whether I should eat greens or not. <laughs> I should tell you what kind of relationship we have. Making sure I'm healthy. Authentic my relationship. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But her name is Beth Ann, and she's a multi-talented woman. She plays piano. She cooks. She has a ton of kids, which will be a, a big part of the conversation today. So, with less further ado, Beth Ann. Hello. You, you over here. Hello. <laughs> I was looking at the wrong camera. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep that in. Ah, so, how are you doing, Beth? I am well. Yeah? So, to start off, just give us like a little overview of who Beth is without getting into the weeds. Sure. Um, so, uh, my parents were with Wycliffe Bible Translators, and they went to the country of Papua New Guinea in the South Pacific when I was two. And... Um, with the exception of two furloughs, I grew up there till I was 17, graduated from high school, and um, then came back to the States, did college here, did some college in England and some in Israel, but mostly here. Um, and then I met my husband my last year at, at school, and we got married, and then we went to Saudi Arabia mm. for three and a half years where my husband taught English. And, um, and then we came back here to the States. We lived, we met in South Carolina, lived there for a while. And then my husband got a defense job here in Colorado Springs. We've lived here for actually 16 years this, this month. So, okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so as you can tell, she's been around the world. So how was it growing in Papua New Guinea? For those who don't know where that is, it's in Africa. West Africa, to be specific. Ha! <laughs> Not true. Oh! It is in the South Pacific, just north South of Australia. Wait. All the other guineas are in Africa, West Africa, to be specific. <laughs> Papua New Guinea is actually... See, this is payback for my looking at the wrong camera. Um, Papua New Guinea is an island just north of Australia. Um, it was probably the last country to uh, stamp out headhunters. What's the ones in Africa? New Guinea, mm -hmm. Guinea-Bissau. Is there an no equatorial Guinea is what became Guinea-Bissau? Yes, right? yes. I don't know. You you should know that better. I know. Than I'm from Kenya. I should know this. <laughs> Other side of the continent. So. so Papua New Guinea is in what is that area again? It's. Yeah, just called considered Pacific. Okay, is that um, close to Australia? It is very close to Australia. Okay, yeah. so it how was, was... A, it's still a protectorate of Australia? Oh, okay. Yeah. How was your childhood mm -hmm. there? Um, it was a fantastic place to grow up. Um, I would love to take my children there. Papua New Guinea has more languages per capita than anywhere else in the world. Hmm. India has a thousand languages, but it has yeah millions of people. Papua New Guinea. Um, which has the population of about Chicago, has 865 languages. Wow. Distinct languages. Um, so uh, the work there was very big. I grew up in an international community of about a thousand population. Um, a lot of 
people from all over. Um, and it was just a, a great place to grow up. Very yeah. loving community mm -hmm. and um, everybody knew each other's business, <laughs> which, yeah. which has its downsides. But uh -huh. overall, it was a really, really fantastic experience. When you were growing up, did you want to do what your parents were doing or did you have other ideas? Um, I, I had other ideas. I mean, I definitely did not see myself ending up in the U.S. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Um, I, I definitely thought I'd be overseas, but mm -hmm. I, I was considering the Middle East for quite a while. And that's oh. why, partly why we ended up in Saudi Arabia. Hmm. Um, so what were you going to do when you're coming up? What was your thoughts? Did you have a specific thing or were we just like, um, well, I, I wanted to teach English. I've always loved children. And so mm -hmm. I thought maybe of teaching children, elementary mm -hmm. education, but, um, I, as I grew older, I thought, you know, there's really a good market overseas for te teaching English and yeah. can teach both children and adults. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I saw myself doing. Okay. So you come back to the U.S. to go to school. No, you went to school here and England as well, right? Yeah, I went to the school in England first. Okay. Um, after I had been in the U.S. just for like six months with mm -hmm. my parents. And when you was in school in England and U.S., did you change what you wanted to do or you were still fixated on working with kids? Uh, yeah, I was still, my plan was still to go overseas mm -hmm. and work with children. Okay. And then enter Steve, the husband. And you met, let me remember, 93? We got married in 93. Very good. We got, we met 92. Mm -hmm. So good job. <laughs> I'll pay attention. That's what that says. And Especially to his mom. <laughs> So I've not said this. She has eight kids. Hold on, eight kids. Wait, is that eight? this is eight? <laughs> <laughs> and did you ever want a big family, or how was it just an accident? <laughs> like, whoop, um, here we go. Yes, no, I did. I always wanted a large family. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's okay. a lot that goes into that, but mm -hmm. yeah. And so seven. Hold on, wait, what? Seven kids. I wanted seven. Yes. There's a story that I've heard. Kid number eight <laughs> was not part of the plan. <laughs> so for the mothers out there, with just two kids, and then you get baby number three, and you're like, what? You can hear. Go ahead, tell the story. <laughs> so both my husband and I wanted a lot of children. Um, I asked him fairly early on in our dating how many children he wanted because I thought if he's one of these 2.5 kind of guys, mm -hmm. this isn't going to work. You should get out. And, um, you know, but he said he wanted five because mm -hmm. he was willing to settle for five. He didn't tell me till after we were married that he always wanted seven oh. like I did, but, um, he was afraid he'd scare me away if he said seven and he was willing to settle for five. So he said five. We should so. say her husband is Indian. That helps a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. East Indian, like from India. Oh, yeah. Um, so he, uh, anyway, we both wanted seven children. We had children pretty pretty quickly. Um, we have, our eight children are in a span of 11 years. So if that tells you how, how it went. Um, and so we got to number seven, and our parents had kind of started putting some pressure on us to, you know, do something about this. This is, is going to keep going. And so I asked Steve, well, what do we, 
what do we feel about this? Are we going to do anything decisive, uh, you know, or, or do we believe that we should just keep going and let this, you know, let God decide? Um, he just kept saying, well, I don't know. I don't know. And so I finally made him an appointment to try to get him to decide <laughs> and, um, and then just started praying. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord, you know, you made a virgin have a baby. If, if this decision is not of you, then you can close or open the doors as you see fit. So the day of the appointment came and my husband still had not decided, but I drove him to the appointment. Um, this was at the army hospital. So the army doesn't let you do anything by yourself, even take a pregnancy test. I was late for my cycle. I knew I wasn't pregnant because I know what pregnancy feels like after seven children, but I thought, uh, you know, while I drop you off here uh, for your procedure, I'm gonna go over, take a pregnancy test, because when I go see the doctor about why I'm late, they're gonna you know, ask me that first. So I'll get that out of the way and then see what happens. Well, lo and behold, I was pregnant. The Lord had um, indeed answered and said, no, you don't have the final word with this. <laughs> this may be number eight. <laughs> My best friend right here. <laughs> And as you can see, life would not be the same without you. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful the Lord had the final word. So. <laughs> Evil laugh. <laughs> anyway, so, because the reason why I asked you for this interview is to talk about motherhood. Mm -hmm. Especially in today's climate, it's about women, women being uh, in the corporate world and taking charge. And that's dope as well. But the mothers who want to be stay-at-home moms, some of them might feel, uh, what's the word, uh, shamed, what's, what's that? Mm -hmm. So what would you say to that? Hmm. That's a very good question. Um, yeah, because I, I mean, I think there is a culture, some places of, you know, that's what women are made for. You got to just keep having children and, and your worth doesn't exist outside of that very, very much. And, you know, we don't believe that, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and yet we also believe that the Bible teaches that children are a gift from the Lord under any circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, I think, um, I mean, I've personally never had anyone say anything negative about mm -hmm. a large family, even yeah. corporate women in the corporate world, you know, mm -hmm. they hear about my family and mm -hmm. um, they have only glowing words to say. That's awesome. You know, I've actually had some of them say, oh, I wish I could could do that. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I got spent so much money on this degree and now mm -hmm. I feel obliged to work in my field. And so um, mm -hmm. I think there is a desire in the heart of most women, yeah. not every woman, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but to get married and have a healthy marriage and, and raise children. Okay. And that's so, cool. yeah, long answer, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. So anyway, so uh, I don't know if y'all caught this. She said that she grew up, no, she didn't grow up. She lived in Saudi Arabia. And you had, if I remember, you had... You Twins. Had, Three kids in Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah, two. We had two children when we went. Okay. And then we had twins while mm -hmm. we were in Saudi Arabia. How was that uh, growing, uh, trying to grow young girls in a nation like that, uh, which is at the time, so this is in the 90s, right? Yeah, early 2000s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time when women and I, especially, because you had two girls and a boy. Yeah. 
three girls and a boy well, counting the twins yeah okay <clears throat> um you know it wasn't really an issue for my girls they were still very young and um one thing we miss about saudi arabia mm -hmm. is they really love children mm -hmm. and um there's a lot of filipinos who work in in saudi mm -hmm. um so both Saudis and the Filipinos are so loving mm -hmm. to to children. We'd have we'd be in the grocery store and mm -hmm. one of the kids was fussing or something. We'd have a Saudi man come along and just jangle his keys for a few minutes and play with one of the babies or something. And that doesn't happen here in the states. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the restaurants, mm -hmm. mostly staffed by Filipino workers, uh, everything would shut down during prayer time. Hmm. And so we'd be trying to eat with our four little tiny kids, our babies, the hmm. twins crying. And so one of the waiters would just come and say, do you mind if I take your baby for a while and walk them around the restaurant? Well, there was nowhere they could go with them, so it was safe. And um, again, that just wouldn't happen here in the States. So yeah. um, as far as me being a woman, hmm. uh, there were some challenges. I really <clears throat> felt like I just, a lot of my freedoms were compromised you know I couldn't mm -hmm. one time I was trying to come back on the base where my husband taught in a taxi with another woman and her children um, the protocol was that the taxi driver would take our papers to the check-in and because he's a man so he came back and said well there's a problem with your papers and so we we're like well what's going on he talked to us a little bit about it he said they're trying to call your husband's boss and so forth so they're trying to work it out we waited in the hot sun for about a half hour mm. when i finally said okay i'm an american i i can handle this <laughs> so i got out of the car started heading to the guard shack the the taxi driver was trying to get me to stay the guards were trying to get me to stay and i finally thought you know if i have to create a scene to get this mm. dealt with i will um so I did, you know, they eventually got a hold of my husband's boss, hmm. took care of it. It was just a paper issue, you know, that hadn't been updated or something. Hmm. So anyway, that was the kind of thing that was frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Cause, uh, so that's Saudi. I'm trying to remember where else you've lived. England, England. and Israel. Ooh, wow. Tell me a cool story that happened in Israel. Oh, wow. <laughs> um... Well, so having, you know, the first like two, two or three months of living in Israel, it was just like, wow, this is so incredible. I was learning so much. Mm -hmm. you know, so many stories from the Bible, of course, just came to life. You don't mm -hmm. read the Bible the same ever again. Um, but after like about three months, I was, I was walking into town one day and I thought, you know, life is normal, just like <laughs> everywhere else. <laughs> and asked the Lord, I, I said, I know you don't owe me anything. This is just a silly little thing I'm asking, but mm -hmm. it'd be really cool if something exciting happened today. <laughs> so I'm walking along the old city wall, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden an Israeli soldier runs down, and he's looking up at the, at the top of the wall, and all of a sudden he rips his weapon off, and he's starting to aim. <laughs> there's, there's me and all these tourists just mm -hmm. kind of like, do, 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 do. <laughs> I was kind of like, should I take cover? Should I, I you know? <laughs> but that was that later in town that day, I was just walking past some shops. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I hear this, this voice 
over some kind of speaker saying, everybody get down on your hands and knees. And, and I'm looking around like, oh, this, does this mean me? Nobody else is doing this. What, what's going on? Nobody else seems affected by this. But I heard it loud mm -hmm. and clear. Well, then some music starts. I realized it was part of a recording. <laughs> I, I, I'm getting ready to hit the floor. <laughs> uh, so, I, yeah, Israel was such a country of mm -hmm. extremes. I, <laughs> I could go on. but <laughs> Oh, wow. I'm not surprised that would happen to you. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> all right, so let's get back to motherhood. I know you're kind of all over the place, but what are the... Which is like motherhood. <laughs> That's a good point. I wouldn't know that, obviously. <laughs> uh, what are, tell me the top three best things about motherhood and top three worst. Y'all kids can get out the room for the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is a good question. Um... I think the top three best things, for one thing, when you go through the incredible journey of, of pregnancy and then delivery, mm -hmm. and you look that baby in the face, there is nothing like that. Your own child, um, there's just, that's like heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. There is nothing like that. Yeah. Um, it, I guess, you know, maybe as number two thing, um, the the bonding between you and your husband over children is an incredible thing um and then i think the third thing would be when your children are old enough to start um, returning your love that's incredible you get you know little wadded up bouquets of flowers you get little homemade cards i remember the at the kids school they did this little um store where the kids could, you know, earn points toward little presents they could get for their mom or dad or anyone in their family. And when they're old enough to start doing that, it, you know, I still have some of those presents now because I just, they're silly and I, I but I can't get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then certainly as they're older and, and their ways of expressing love are a little more um, reserved, but mean all the more because, you know, it's yeah. uh they're, they're, it's a very deliberate choice uh, mm -hmm. since yeah, they're older. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the three worst things. Um, mm -hmm. So having said parenting is a big bonding thing mm -hmm. <laughs> with my husband. Let's get the juice. Uh, <laughs> my husband comes from a very different culture than I do um, in terms of parenting, largely. And so we have clashed more over parenting than anything else in our marriage. Mm. Um the the other thing is, you know, being in the midst of the teen years when you know it's right for them to be developing their own way of thinking, their own opinions, their own mindset, and yet realizing you have somewhat of an obligation to keep instructing, you know, somewhat to say, okay, you know, that may be what you believe and you are welcome to believe that, but here's the rules for this household learning how to explain those, reinforce those, and enforce those um, is, is challenging. Um, though Those two things are pretty big. Um, I honestly can't think of a third. Is that there a has to be a third. You have third. eight kids. Oh, okay, okay, here it is. Um, in our society, mm -hmm. 
we have so much stuff mm -hmm. that I think for a mother with young children, mm -hmm. stuff, the overabundance of stuff is mm. the biggest curse. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a good third one. Even though I feel like she copped out of that third one. <laughs> no, what is some good juice? That, good that you prompted me because that, <laughs> seriously, I have had major tantrums. Over, oh, wow. Over, so ask my husband. Ask my kids. <laughs> I sure will. Thanks <laughs> one confirming right there. <laughs> anyway. So, before we wrap up, I just want to, I want you to tell the young mothers out there with maybe six, because actually another family of six who just walked in before we did this interview. <laughs> the house is packed with kids and I'm very surprised. It's very quiet. <laughs> Should be running around. We got two cats, a dog, and but we still record it. Thank, thanks God. But a young mother who's coming up, or maybe even an older mother who has teenagers, what would you share? Hmm. Well, something I tell myself a lot um, is that giving way to fear mm -hmm. causes more trouble, um, obviously, than it's worth. Um, I There's a verse in Proverbs that says, a wise woman builds her house up, but a foolish one tears her house down with her own hands. And I, I have to admit that sometimes with my fear, I have torn bricks out of my own house mm. um i i thank the lord that he has taught me and i've definitely learned from the problem of my own fear um learned good tools for dealing with that but um i would just say even when it seems like all hell is breaking loose like you've lost the battle don't give way to fear don't fret it's yeah. not the end. Yeah. Um, there's so much that could happen. Amen. I like that. <laughs> so, before we go, I'm going to have you pray. All right. Uh, for the mothers. Not just the mothers, because she's more than a mother. She can even help men. <laughs> so, pray for the people out there listening. Oh, with pleasure. Lord Jesus, um, I'm grateful that you have impressed on my heart time and again, even when I was discouraged how important my job as a mother is. And um, I'm so grateful for each one of my eight children. I, I know I'm biased, but I um, think they're incredible. And I'm so um, joyful and pleased to be their mother. Thank you for this gift. And I uh, know that Satan works hard in our society against um, this role against this important job and against our children and so lord jesus i ask that by your spirit by your power and your word you would raise up um, families you would raise up great mothers and fathers and children who might not ever be interviewed on a great station like this but um are doing a, an important work. Please encourage them and um, help them to know the lies that Satan is trying to tear them down with and instead combat those with your good truth. I ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Beth, for giving, my, giving us your time. Because as you can assume, imagine, she got 14 kids in the house right now, so she's kind of busy. So thank you for that. And to everybody watching, remember, everybody has a story. What's your story? Goodbye.
Thank you for joining my show and listening to the interview that I just had. Come again next time when we have another amazing interview. And in the meantime, subscribe and follow me on social media so that you can keep in contact with me and see what I'm doing throughout the weeks that are coming up. Thank you.